Hello and welcome to another episode of the Music Survival Guide. And for the first time in quite a long time, I'm joined by my co-host Phil. Hang on, no, 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 no. You're, I'm joined by you. I've, <laughs> I've been around. You've not. But and we're back. We are. We're whole. <laughs> When two books, no, I was gonna, no, I was trying to make a pun, but I've backed out of it. Never mind. Oh, no, no, go for it. Come in. No, no, come too in. late. Moving on. Come, oh. How have you been, mate? <laughs> I'm really good. I'm really, really good. Yeah. Life's, life's good. Everything's great. I've been doing lots of walks in nature and the country. I've seen that. Oh, where, yes. where have you been? Um, I've been all over the Surrey Hills. <laughs> I mean, I feel so posh saying that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's been very muddy, but amazing. I was going to say you're betraying your northern roots. Yeah, let's not talk about that. So Joe, how are you? I'm all right. I'm doing good. I've been busy working on quite a lot of exciting projects. Um, desperately thinking about, you know, getting out the country for a bit because flooding in Liverpool has been great. Oh, yes. That's not ideal. De- yeah. Careful where you go. Yeah, don't <laughs> live world. by a riverbank, kids. I don't go to Italy. <laughs> that's my one. Yeah, let's 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 make this a virus-free podcast for Ooh, as much as possible. A rarity. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, what are we what are we talking about this week? So this week, I have used the broad topic of release plan one hundred and one. Oh, what do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> so, I think the release plan is all the steps that you make between having a finished mix and mastered song and actually the the second that your music goes live. Mm. So what you do to make sure your song goes live and all the steps you take to make sure that it's well promoted and you get it in front of as many years as possible. Mm. It's a very wide ranging topic and it goes all over the shop, but it's a really important thing to think about before I'd say before you start recording, before you really actively think about who am I going to hire, is going, once we've done that, what are we actually going to do? How are we going to put this out? Because if you kind of finish recording and then go, oh, let's just put it on, I don't know, whatever distribution software you're using, and then it just appears, what good is that? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a real crying shame when you see bands that spend a large amount of their budget maybe they've saved up for a long time and then they just kind of go oh and here's the here's the music please please listen to it it's just it's going to get nowhere and then that's your release done you can't you can't re-release something yes it can't be the first time again it's a wasted opportunity yeah exactly so i think having that perspective and having plans in place is really really important hmm. so i think an important place to start is budgeting. So when you're thinking about recording, obviously, you know, you're thinking about, you know, where am I going to record? Who am I going to hire? How much is it going to cost? That kind of thing. But have you thought about your, your marketing budget, your release budget, whatever that, whatever the ways you want to put it out. Um, have you thought about how much you're going to spend and how you're going to divide it? Because that is an important thing to think about. You can't finish recording, having spent all your money, and then go, oh, no, I need to find 100 quid for a Facebook campaign or whatever it may be. You need to plan ahead. Yeah. Like you said there, planning ahead. Working retrospectively tends to work. So when I'm producing a band, instead of kind of, you know, 
discussing studios or when they want to get in the studio, I say, when do you want to release by? Mm. So they go, okay, for example, we want to release in August. I go, okay, well, you're going to need to have it up on um, distributors, whether that be Ditto, DistroKid, CD Baby, whatever one you want to use. You need to have that up at least, say, three to four weeks before your release. Okay, so you definitely need the mix and master track by, uh, what, if it's August, then you need it by July. Then kind of give yourself some contingency. Then you kind of need to time plan for mastering, then for mixing. Okay, and then recording. And you quickly find that they probably needed to get in the studio a lot earlier or they need to plan to release their stuff a lot later. Mm. Yeah, you can't you can't just go go in kind of blind. You need to really, as Joe says, plan from when you want it out and then plan back. If you find that the date you should have started, whenever that may be, is already passed, then don't rush it. I think that would be my, my major advice. Don't go, oh, well, we can just compress the time that we have to record or the time that we have to um, put the thing on distribution, whatever it may be. Work out a realistic deadline for putting something out. I've had countless conversations with bands that when we talk about their previous release, they say, oh, yeah, we really rushed it. We just wanted to, to get out for this gig or we just put it up because we were really excited. So having having planning and strategy in place will help you avoid those nightmare situations. 100%. You want your release to have impact. And obviously how big that impact is depends on how big your following currently is. But it's not going to have impact if you rush a release uh, because mm. no one will know about it or very few people will know about it. You need to kind of build up the hype, really. Mm-hmm. So kind of touching on that, that like Phil mentioned before, there are paid options. So again, it's part of your budget. But what I'm personally going to do is I'm going to explore the free options just because I'm well aware that a lot of people listening to this podcast won't have a budget for it or they might want to spend their budget entirely on recording, mixing and mastering, etc. So, And also, as a caveat, most of these are Spotify related just because I'll be totally honest, Apple Music is still a bit more difficult to figure out. No one I've had Apple some music. bands that have had success with using these techniques for Spotify, but Apple Music just seems to be a different beast in itself. It's a mysterious place, is Apple Music. I don't understand it. No one does. Yeah, they make it difficult to even provide a link for Apple Music if you haven't got Apple Music. <laughs> yeah. It's, which, yeah, doesn't seem to make sense. So, starting from the top, uh, what I've got here is uploading early. So that means getting your music to, as mentioned before, your distributor, whether that be Ditto, DistroKid, and there are a thousand different variants on which you prefer. Some will be cheaper, some will have better customer service. Some people have had nightmare experiences, some people have had good. It needs to be a decision made by yourselves. You kind of need to do your research and find out what you need to prioritize, whether it be how many releases you make a year, because some will do discounts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uploading early is really important. So I recommend to all bands, at least four weeks before their release, you need to have the mastered track up and sent to your distributor. If it's something like Ditto, for example, they will have a link that you can access. And that link is really, really important for things that I'm going to go into detail and explain a little bit later. So, Joe, why might you want to put it up that far ahead? What What do they need? What's the point of that? So it does 
one of two things. One, it allows you access to some really good, unique promotion opportunities that I'll mention in a bit. And secondly, it avoids a nightmare. I, unfortunately, have known quite a few bands that have mucked up their release strategy because they've left it all till last minute. So they go, right, guys, yeah, we're releasing our stuff on the 17th of April. And then they build this momentum for six weeks and it's huge and it's huge and it's huge. And then they leave it till last minute or whether it's their fault or whether it's the distribution's fault. There sometimes can be different upload times like uh, or waiting periods during certain parts of the year. They'll just turn around and they'll go, nope, your music's coming out on the 21st. Sorry. And then you've then got to suddenly explain to all these people that you've built up this hype that they've got to wait four more days. And it just doesn't reflect well on the image of, of your music at all. That's a very good point. It's, it's professional, is, is what it comes down to. Um, and it gives a kind of professional... Mm. It just allows contingency as well, because we all make mistakes. Someone could upload the wrong song title name. Someone can potentially upload the wrong file. But if you kind of do it earlier, it allows you to kind of give yourself some breathing space. It's the same as really leaving your homework until the last minute. You don't, it's something we've all done, <laughs> but it's good to try and get in the habit of not doing. Yes, don't don't leave it too late. You will regret it mm. probably pretty quickly. So the second thing for uploading early is it allows you to have a link. And this link can mean many things, one of which is it allows a pre-save which is the big one for Spotify. So what it allows you to do is it allows you to say to your uh, supporters, friends, or family, hey, we've got this thing coming out on the 16th of whatever. If you use this pre-save link, we won't have to badge you about it anymore. You won't have to feel guilty if you forget about it. Or, you know, if you've potentially put a clip up online as part of promo, and someone's seen that link, but they go, oh, well, I'm not going to set a reminder on my phone for two weeks later to check back if it's out. They hit the pre-save link. That's all they have to do. And on the day that your music comes out, it will go straight into their Spotify. It will go straight into a playlist and go straight onto their homepage. It's good for, A, that reason, because you will have more listeners on the first day. And secondly, it's what the Spotify algorithm loves. Ooh. So having pre-saves, especially if you're going to kind of want to get on curated playlists or to trend, because I think you've got to think of Spotify as social media as much as anything else. Having those pre-saves basically makes Spotify go, hang about, this thing hasn't been released already, but it's already getting a few hundred pre-saves. Maybe we should check this out. It kind of jumps it out immediately. So yeah, building those pre-saves and having more time to do so by Mm. uploading early is a really, really great tactic for for a strong release. I guess getting onto the official mm-hmm. Spotify playlist is the, the gold standard of Spotify in any genre. So on that, there are a few prerequisites that so many bands don't do, and it it kills me inside. <laughs> so because it's not it's not difficult. It's really not difficult. And I, I know I might sound like a bit of a about it but is this the joe sage checklist to this is literally just rattling off the top of my head i mean i've seen three of these this week so again (laughs) what you need on your spotify is you need to go in your about section you need to have a bio which is a good spell checked bio just use grammarly or something for free or send it to a mate that 
can write a half decent essay and get them to check it over for you. You need to have good quality band photos and any photos are better than none. That's the one thing I'm going to say. Obviously, the better the photos, the better the quality it is. You need to have a Facebook and Instagram link on your about section that links to your music and it's a working link. <laughs> also, other things you can do because like we mentioned before, Spotify is like a social media. So you can add your gigs to it. You can link your merchandise to it. Just populate your Spotify as much as possible because I think like we've discussed on previous episodes, if you go onto Facebook or Instagram and it's got one post on it that happened three months ago, you're going to get a little bit suspicious of, you know, are they active? What's the point? If Spotify is going to pick you and curate you... Do they exist? You're representing their brand almost. So you kind of need to make sure that your Spotify mm. looks looks the business really. On that as well, another thing that I, I've noticed more bands do but is still something definitely worth making sure you do because you can't get on Spotify curated if you don't have these things. You need to verify your Spotify for artists. So if you've uploaded anything for spot to Spotify before, you need to go to Spotify for artists, go to Google, takes you 30 seconds to do, and it means you get a nice little check mark that certifies that you're a verified band. Excellent. And then once you've got your pre-save link, you can go into your Spotify for artists and there will be a tab where it says upcoming releases or it's something along they change the the copy or the text every once in a while but there's a section where it says oh, okay you're releasing this song in three days you can click on that and submit for spotify playlists oh do that do that do that yes why wouldn't it, you do that exactly it takes 30 seconds to do and again similar rules apply you have to put a little bit in your bio make sure your bio is spell checked and kind of talk about the song, make it sound fairly interesting, make sure you're in the right genre. So it's as daft as it sounds, if you're not a metal band, don't put metal because you will be immediately sent to someone curating a metal playlist and it won't. Yeah, they'll just go, well, this this sounds like Swedish indie pop. I'm not putting this in my playlist. What is this? Swedish indie pop? Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, I think those are kind of off the top of my head. <laughs> The things I can think of that I... Yeah. It winds me up insanely that so many great bands don't don't have on their Spotify. It, it takes five minutes to sort. I mean, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but it sounds, all sounds fairly obvious when you, when you say it all. So, yeah, why not? Um, one question that came to mind, your bio, mm -hmm. if, if you were in a band, Joe, um, and you were writing a bio, does it have to be compelling i'm using quite a vague phrase or can it just be quite factual i think a good combination would be tell your story in one or two one two or three sentences so um like a great bio would kind of be something that maybe differentiates you so with me being liverpool based i could say something like you know liverpool has a proud history of producing um of producing great musicians or guitar bands and my and then insert band name is no exception blah 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 that kind of makes you go oh, okay cool yeah got your attention grabbed you can then kind of go uh 
maybe something a little bit about uh, what makes you unique. Maybe you've done a different recording thing. Maybe you've worked with someone that's kind of big or like a fun fact about you. Then I'd say maybe the second bit would be a good place to have a quote. So in your second paragraph, if you've had a really good review or say, you know, so-and-so said uh, BBC Radio 6 says band to watch for the next year or something. That's fantastic. Mm. There is some merit in checking on bands that you really like and seeing their about section and just kind of trying to copy that. You won't be able to do that for huge, massive established artists because if, say, for example, you go on Coldplay's about section, it's going to have all about how they've Why would you? You know, sold arena tours for the last 10 years. You can't boast about that and you can't... Yeah, your stats won't... Yeah, you can, you can try, try but it won't look good. We've We've played... 29 pubs in the last year oh what a <laughs> actually you could make that quite funny if you do that quite carefully yeah. that could be quite funny i think it's a good opportunity to show your personality as a band in your bio mm. so you know if you are kind of like a funny band or a bit little bit quirky you could kind of say oh yeah you know heaviest pub to play um women's institute annual meeting <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, something like that but I mean then if you know you're quite serious and you're quite moody maybe you know that kind of thing then you can try and portray that in your bio as well but uh, having a bio is probably the most important bit and making sure it's well formatted it, it doesn't hurt to just make sure like you know do an indent for a paragraph and make sure your quotes line up nicely it, yeah. make it pretty yeah it's, it's, it's just that and look yeah. at Look at other bands who you're trying to emulate. Maybe not the massive ones, but kind of the ones that you feel are maybe the in-between point. Mm. It might be an interesting thing to kind of look at theirs and see what they're doing well. Yeah. So a question that jumps to mind is, can you, if you put, upload something to a distribution software, mm -hmm. is there a way of getting a link of the music that you could send to someone, say, for a review? So that is a very good question. Because I'm just thinking of the kind of questions that bands might ask. As far as I'm aware, there isn't. And it depends on your distributor. These are yeah. just going with primarily all the distributors I've had conversations with are DistroKid and Ditto. And theirs are just their pre-save link. Because mm. the whole idea of it is, is it's one link, the person clicks on it, and it immediately just goes, boom, pre-saved, and then it jumps them back to, say, if they were on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. It doesn't no interrupt way. their flow at all. What I would recommend is uploading your master to a private SoundCloud link or private drive or something like mm. that. Then heading to something like Submit Hub, which is where you can kind of filter by country and by people who've got playlists or blogs or whatever, and then you can submit your music to that. That in itself is a totally different beast that probably could be a podcast in itself about how to submit those. But yeah, as far as I'm aware you're better off kind of having private links to something online that you can you can share. So what other ways are there of um, marketing yourself before your release or around your release? Um, could you do it on like Facebook groups and things like that? Yeah, I certainly think you could really push for it on, um, on Facebook and Instagram. And again, having that pre-save link and rather than just shouting at people, our music's coming in a month get on alert it's just say our music's coming in a month 
And if you can't be bothered to keep up with me, here's the link. I mean, that's your, that's your job done. And it boosts your algorithm. Another one as well is even if you haven't got music coming up now, boosting your follows is massive. So Spotify has a follow function, making sure that you've got more followers. Again, similar to Instagram or similar to Facebook, the more followers you've got, the more the algorithm will push you and then the more attention you'll get for next releases and it all kind of snowballs into one another. There are loads of bands that I've worked with that do really well in terms of streams but have got really poor followers. And I feel like if they were to have better followers, it would only like 10x their streams. Just because Spotify sees follows as a bigger commitment than listening to streams. So yeah, that's the one thing I would say in terms of once you've got that pre-save link, you can be as creative as you like with marketing, but your constant call to action to tell people is like either follow or even better, follow and uh, pre-save our next single. All about the follows. All about the follows. It seems. And the pre-saves. Yeah, it's similar to how you want to really drive people to, to you know follow or like your page drive people to Mm. follow your Spotify. You've got to think of it as social media in itself. There are bands that say might have 15,000 followers on Instagram and they've got 15 on Spotify. Missing out. That's so much pulling power that they could use to kind of move towards streams. Um, So a question that I'm going to kind of answer myself or you can take because I've just thought of this is if I'm a new band and I'm about to release my first song, what strategy would you use to promote the upcoming release? Say we've done say we say we've done everything. So we've got like our we've got our pre-save ready, we've we've done all our Spotify for artists, we've submitted for that, we've got three weeks before our release. What advice would you give for kind of promoting us? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> um are we starting off with a single? Is it like yep. that's one the single. Per- right, okay. Yep. Because I was gonna, I was gonna. That would out, the advice would change if it was an EP. Um, I'd start before then. <laughs> um, I'd look at actually what I think is I'd look at Facebook groups. Um, so Facebook groups and communities are a big thing nowadays. There's some really big Facebook groups with really dedicated listeners. So the big one that I'm in is called New Wave of Classic Rock, which is it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's got about. 20,000 people in it now um, it's really quite big in about two three years so groups like that there's there's those kind of groups which is genre based and then there's location based groups which are you know about music in London or Liverpool or whatever it is those are great places for free marketing where people are often looking for new music so I'd way ahead of, of having a release to kind of go um, I join those groups and just get involved in the community because if you come out of nowhere and you join this group and you start going, hey, look at my new release, everyone will go, well, you're brand new. And Facebook even says this person is brand new because it'll, it'll mark you. Um, you know, <laughs> what, you've, you've been marked. Sounds like a curse. It does. It does. It says like new, uh, new member. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd start way ahead of time and get in, find the right communities and get involved with them. And then when it comes to giving a pre-save link or whatever it may be, putting up a little sample you know if there's like a little kind of sample wherever i've uploaded it that kind of thing that's a great place to do it um yeah that's probably where i start it's the go-giver mentality isn't it yeah it's kind of you know not just kind of going here's our thing please like it 
it, it almost is kind of going, well, you owe us something for absolutely nothing. Yes. You've got to kind of like give back to it. Um, be involved. Yeah. You Be an active part of the community. You mentioned before about how you might have a marketing budget. And I think the same goes for um, just creating a post that's free to make as well is a big mistake I see some bands make when it comes to releasing music is they kind of go, right, okay, yep, we've sorted our targeting. We're going to do this. Uh, we're so-and-so. This is our single. Go and listen to it. <laughs> right. And it's a single image with a Spotify link to it. It doesn't inspire anything, really. If I If I looked at a post like that, the questions I'd have is, do you sound any good without me having to listen to it? What genre are you? Maybe even what bands are you like? That's that's the immediate questions that would come to mind. Mm-hmm. What are you like without me listening to you? It sounds lazy, but that's how it would go. So I think this is a really good strategy. Once you've got your pre-save link, do a post and you can do it on your Instagram or Facebook or you can push it in ads that just tells your band's story. And there's a lot to be said for skipping past you know, complicated, catchy advertising copy and all those things and just passing the caveman test. <laughs> so if you kind of turn around and go as an advertising thing, it's someone's face, like a band member or some, or all the band, and you kind of go, hi, we're so-and-so, we're an alt-rock band from Sheffield and we do this. And then immediately cut to like gig footage or... If, even better if you've got like a music video or something like that. And then it just immediately passes the caveman test because you go, oh, yeah, band, I like this. And the music sounds like that. And then at the end, have a call to action and go, we've got a new single coming out in, you know, on this date. Click the link to just uh, to, to pre-save. And it will just take them immediately simple. to it. It's really, really simple. simple. And it's re- there's something that, you know, you have to get over talking to camera. It's quite, it's quite difficult if you've never done it before and putting yourself out there. But it will get so much engagement because you're just passing the, oh, yes. the obvious caveman test. I think people overthink it way too much. Mm. And then when you have a video like that, you can put it in those Facebook groups and things like that when, you've got, when you're ready to go. Um, and it's, again, it's a video, so it's a way of people showing more attention Mm -hmm. um that's a good point actually that we haven't covered music videos thoughts uh i am disappointed at the amount of times i see bands pay more for a music video than they did for their production (laughs) it's yeah it is a bugbear of mine of course it would be because i'm a producer and a mix engineer that I see people really cut corners with how the music sounds and then it their you know music video looks like a cross between Parasite in 1917 <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm this is a bugbear of Jays we have talked about this quite extensively off mic yeah surely it's something that annoys you as well it does it does but then a lot of um, like newer bands that I've seen that aren't you know aren't signed and are sort of around the scenes that I'm in actually seem to marry up like a good quality video and a good quality recording. Oh, don't get so me I don't, wrong. I don't know when it's done properly. Amazing, great strategy. But I think yeah, there has to be there has to be a sensible ratio 
to it but then for it to work thinking about it i have some seen somewhere they seem to have gone abroad to another country to do a music video but it sounds like i'm listening to a tin can so <laughs> yeah maybe you're I think, right. yeah the one thing you've got to consider is once you're on spotify no one's going to see the video that's very true so, <laughs> or once you're on radio bbc introducing whatever you're going to want to get no one's really going to look at the video unless i mean i was going to make an example of you know it's something viral like okay go but those okay go records sound great yeah you've you've got to kind of get the ratio right the one thing i would say is music videos are a lot more forgiving for being lo-fi than music that's very true so i'd definitely say make one but even if you're just gigging get a crap ton of iphone footage and just jam it all together Yep. Or just do loads of like behind the scenes stuff with you, you know, larking about backstage or whatever in rehearsal rooms. Do that and upload it as a video and say maybe do it. Well, I was going to say maybe do it two weeks later, but you could use it as part of your story thing mm. uh, for building up pre-releases and then when it's kind of you know started to go cold after two weeks of release you can then go oh and here's the music video for that song that we pushed two weeks ago yeah it's all kind of con- content isn't it here's a con- potentially controversial statement that videographers might hate me for mm-hmm. music videos in my mind don't have to be all artistic they have to be enjoyable um and what that is depends on what genre you're in so in my sort of genre, which is rock and metal kind of things, music videos where it's kind of almost literally gig footage is abounding. And they're usually fun to watch because you can sit there and watch people play the songs, which is the kind of thing that my kind of music does. But, you know, that might not work if you're, I don't know, a, a big pop artist, whatever it is. You can show, show us how much I know about pop. But... <laughs> how they do on the hit parade. The old popular music. <laughs> Yeah, I think tying into what we were saying as well is if it's your first one, or not necessarily your first release, it can be work for any, is it's a great opportunity again to tell your story as a band. So if you are a London-based band, have images of you guys, you know, potentially backstage stuff in a famous London venue, or, you know, you've clearly got like, I don't know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like Big Ben or Westminster, like... Behind. Yeah, one like. of them. One of those sudden things. Um, <laughs> You've got the Cavern Club. I've got the Cal- and Cavern Club. Beautiful Liverpool. Yep. Less about that. Uh, just because it's been flooding recently. Um, oh, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> mostly underwater. Anyway, so having those things behind you, and it doesn't need to be, you know, something too posed, because I think that can look a bit weird. But, you know, just if you're like a... a indie guitar band like have images of you guys kind of like just hanging out and stuff like that or short videos of that kind of stuff works really really well it's it's better to kind of choose that stylistically than try and do something really high end and miss the mark somewhat like that that Mm. looks bad like bad acting and yeah oh yeah what the- i've seen it i've seen it i'm just cringing at the thought of it now when they've when bands have sometimes just got their friends in to do a part as an actor yeah i've seen that i've se- i'm afraid to say i'm not naming anyone but i've seen it yeah i think we all have let's be honest um i'll be honest i've been invited to, to, to take part in those videos and I've have you done said it no. have you done it because oh. um, yeah less said about that um <laughs> 
So another thing that I just want to bring up is, and it's just an idea that I stole from someone else, I'll be entirely honest, but you know, sharing's caring, is get as many people as you can, and again, the more preparation you can do, the better, to make a playlist with your song at the top of it and with similar artists in your genre. Mm. So get your mum, your dad, all four bandmates, all their girlfriends, cats, dogs, whoever owns a Spotify playlist, get them to make a playlist each featuring kind of similar songs. You might need to help them out if it's kind of, you know, someone who doesn't really know your genre. If you can appeal to your fans to do it as well, because that will really help the Spotify algorithm notice you more. Mm. If it sees, it goes, oh, okay, you're in this many things. You can check it for yourself. If you go onto any artist's Spotify page, go onto the about section, you can see what they're featured in. Mm. And again, it looks better if you kind of go, oh, featured in, you know, so-and-so's rock hits stuff, blah, blah, blah. Rock hits. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, really. Again, it's another thing to populate your Spotify. Mm. And um, it, inc- it also, I think, increases the chances of someone on Spotify just discovering your music because a lot of people discover new music by playlists. And if you have... a uh, if you're on a playlist where you've got lots of similar bands that may be a bit bigger than you, whatever it may be, then someone could listen to your song kind of by chance and go, oh, this is really cool, and then check you out, and you're you're in. That's a really good um, point. So even if you kind of put, say, we were talking about tiers earlier, maybe not putting the, the biggest band in your genre, but kind of bands that you want to be in and around their position in a year or so's time, if you put their music in, when you click on their profile, it will be in their about section as well. Boom. So you'll catch their fans as well. So yeah, it's it's all kind of things to make sure you're getting discovered more and more on Spotify. I think a thing I, I want to say is if you are in a brand new band and you've got nothing and you're about to put out your first release, think about your expectations carefully. So don't go in going, we have, I don't know, a hundred quid to spend on marketing or even nothing to spend on marketing and we're going to get three million streams. <laughs> That might not happen. It might if you if you somehow just get lucky and get playlisted and whatever. But go in with with realistic expectations because then you you can't be disappointed. Um, I think the important thing with releasing um, music we've said before actually is about kind of on the internet. It's about kind of regular releases, uh, maybe smaller releases of singles and EPs and things like that, especially early on. Um, the, the thing to aim for is to make each release better than the one before. So whatever that looks like. So if that's more, that's more streams, that's, you know, a, a better idea of marketing, a bet, you know, you know, all the Facebook groups now and you've got a better idea and you've been there longer. I think as long as you make each one bigger than the one before you've succeeded. Mm. So two things I want to pick up on what you said there that were really good points. One is that having consistent releases is really, really important. So again, like we mentioned, Spotify is a social media platform. So much like Instagram, you can't just kind of put one in and go, oh, I hope, hope that's the best. You kind of have to have consistency and kind of posting. There's, there's a lot to be said for releasing consistent singles rather than an EP. And the same goes for playlisting, blah, blah, blah. You can wind it back and apply the same thing. And secondly, is that you will make mistake. You will make mistakes, ironically, because I made a mistake saying that sentence. I'm keeping that in the edit. (laughs) You will make mistakes with your release strategy. 
it's going to happen. You're going to muck something up or you could have done something better. And that's why there is something to be said for making sure that you do all your own release strategy rather than hiring someone else. It's a skill. Mm. It's something you can pass on to other bands or maybe when you might have moved on to another band. It's not a skill that's going to go away. Yeah, it's just something to keep in mind, keeping those expectations that you probably will learn that you could have done something better or there's something that you should have done in a previous release. But the important thing is that you learn from it, correct it, and make sure your next release is bigger and better. Each one is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. If you maybe when you've when you've fully released and you've done all your kind of bits of your strategy, you could get together as a band and go right what worked and what didn't, mm-hmm. and then literally make lists. And then each and every time you do that, you'll do it better and better, and you'll pick up on your mistakes. And you can only go up from there, really. Yeah. If you make your each release better than the one before. Oh, and of course, the massive caveat to all of this is you, you've got to have a decent decent song. Like, <laughs> all the release strategy in the world won't help you if you've got a really bad sounding song. Just, just want to get that out there now. We've said that so many times. We've got so deep into a topic and then gone, oh, wait, you need good music. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's, I, it's obvious, yeah, but unfortunately, a, it has to be said. A really bad sounding song with a good release strategy is just a really well-marketed, awful sounding song. It doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're really going for the Rebecca Black Friday vibe. Hey, <laughs> don't say anything against Rebecca Back Friday. I was obsessed with that song. <laughs> I learn more things about you every week. Did you listen to her other music? It was incredible. My moment was such a song. Less so. And in reverse, <laughs> I'll reveal something about my youth, is that I got my uh, my nan when I was 11 to buy me uh, the Slipknot albums for Christmas. Your nan? My nan, yeah. Did, did, Rock and roll did nan. Did she listen to them? Uh, I hope not. Because it's the one with, uh, and I'll bleep this, it's people equal sh**. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet, she was, I bet she looked at the back. She looked, must have looked at the track listing and gone, what am I buying? Yeah, I love the thought of her going into HMV with a little notepad. <laughs> That's wonderful. If your nan ever bought you awkward music, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the perfect place to leave it. Yeah, probably. So in a change up to what we normally do, Ooh. Uh, we're going to start a new feature, which is instead of us rabbiting on about how you can get in touch with us if you want to work with us in the studio or for mixes, because uh, we should mention, if you've not listened to the podcast before, that uh, we're both producers and mix engineers. Yeah. Uh, all our contact details will be in the show notes if you want to get in touch. Down below. Um, down, yeah, down below. Pointing, because we're on webcam, but yeah, you can't see this, sorry. so it's completely pointless. Down, scroll. <laughs> but what we're going to start doing now is we're going to feature a new band every week. Ooh. So we're going to give them a little bio, a little bit of a shout out, and then play a minute or so of their release. So... This week's band is a four-piece from Widness, just outside of Liverpool. And if you're from Liverpool, there's a debate as whether it's in Liverpool or out of Liverpool. I'm not getting involved. I'd, I'd say it is. I had an English teacher from Widness. It's Liverpool. <laughs> Cue the hatred. <laughs> debate ended there. <laughs> and they are a band called Sifter. So that's spelled S-Y-F-T-A, all in capital letters. They're really, really great band really really nice lads as well i've met them i've had the pleasure to work on this release as well um so it's a little bit of a shameless plug but um yeah went to go see them live they were supporting another band that i was working with and they blew me away they're really really great 
I kind of thought to myself, yeah, I've got, I've got to find a way of working with these guys. So this is their song Breathe, and it will be out on the 28th of February. So I believe it will be out Ooh. by the time this episode goes. Yes. Cool. And it with will. that, I will say goodbye. Goodbye. See you next week. I just need